Hello and welcome to the Hallelujah Podcast. I'm your host Grace and I am beyond excited to have you here today. At Hallelujah, our mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged and gain an understanding of God's Word. In our episode today, Five More Ways to Deepen Your Relationship with God, we're going to do a follow-up discussion from last week's episode. So definitely go back and listen to that one after this episode if you did miss it. In our episode last week, we went through five ways to deepen your relationship with God. The first way that we went through was discovering who you are building a relationship with. So similar to our relationships with family and friends, we grow close to people when we know who they are, we spend time with them, and we discover who they are. From that space, we develop trust and deep love, and it's the same with our relationship with God. The second way that we discussed was to seek his face, which is all throughout scripture. This was one of my favorite, and we spoke about how seeking God's face is to seek his presence, and he promises that when we seek him, we will find him. The third way for us to deepen our relationship with God that we went through was to spend time in the Word of God. Because the Bible is God-breathed scripture, every verse teaches us something. It gives us guidance for life, and it really helps us to know God better. We're told to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, and Jesus is a great example of someone who used scripture to fight his battles. The fourth way that we discussed was praying always. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. And prayer is without a doubt one of the most effective ways for us to connect with God. All relationships take communication, and prayer is just communicating with God. The fifth and final way we went through was praise and worship. Worship is also something that we're commanded to do as Christians, and it's a really beautiful way for us to give God the praise he is worthy of and emotionally connect with him while we do it. So it's a real blessing. And those were the first five ways that we went through. Definitely jump back to listen to that if you want more detail on any of those. But today we are going to discuss another five ways to deepen your relationship with God. The first point we have in our episode today is to remove distractions. And this is a big one. How do we expect to grow our relationship with God if we are constantly distracted and focusing on other things? It's hard enough as it is to deny our flesh and get into the word, to pray, to fast, but to have unnecessary distractions on top of this makes it so much harder. Now, in this scenario, when I say distraction, I mean anything that turns your attention away from something you want to concentrate on, which in this case is God. And there can be so many distractions in our life. Our phones, TV, Netflix, friends, families, parties, drinking, music, exercise, eating, literally anything. And Satan doesn't care what that something that distracts us is. All he cares is that we are distracted and we aren't focusing on God. And a quote I've heard a lot is, if the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. And that is so true. Distractions can come in all forms and it's going to be very different for each person. Some people will find that watching TV is a huge distraction for them and others won't. Some will find that the friends they're hanging out with will distract them and take them away from focusing on God and others won't have this issue. For me personally, I know that my phone is a huge distraction. I've had to be really intentional about spending time with God first thing in the morning before I get onto my phone because it's so easy to wake up, open your phone, jump on Instagram and then one hour later you're still there scrolling and time has just gone by like that. The technology that we have available to us now has been a real blessing and we can do lots of amazing things, but it's certainly been a tool of the enemy to take us away from focusing on God. We can access anything we want within seconds and because of platforms like TikTok, our attention spans are just shorter and shorter by the day. If we can hardly focus on a seven-second video, how are we meant to sit down and read the Bible for an hour? 
So what does scripture say about distractions and overcoming them? I've got two key verses to run through, the first of which is Romans 12, 2, which says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's on us to make sure that we're not getting distracted and conforming to this world. Let's fill our minds with good, godly things and pursue him first. Test the things around you. Are they good, acceptable and perfect in pushing you closer to God? And that's something that we can ask ourselves about all the things around us to determine if it is a distraction or not. The second verse that I'll run through is Colossians 3, 1-2, which says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. This is another great verse that shows us the importance of setting our mind on the things above. Let's not focus on the things of this world like the latest TV show, gaming, relationships, or anything else that distracts us above our relationship with God. Those things by themselves aren't terrible, but it's when we put them above God that we have an issue and we really get distracted by them. So in order for us to deepen our relationship with God, like we went into last episode, We said we need to do things like seeking him out, praying, fasting, and getting into the word. And it's really hard to do this, if not impossible, if we are constantly distracted. So let's be intentional about keeping our eyes focused on God. The second way that I have here is seeking humility. To develop a deeper relationship with God, it's really important for us to humble ourselves. Pride is one of the biggest sins that will separate you from God and is the root of many other sins. If we're prideful, we start to lose a need for a saviour and for God. But when we are humble, we attract more of God's grace. To the humble, God will give patience, peace, kindness and gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit will grow in the soil of humility. So it's really important for us to seek this in all things we do. I've seen this personally in my own life where when I am humble before God and know my position, knowing that he created me, He forgives all of my sins and he redeems me through the blood of Jesus, even though I did nothing to earn or deserve it. That is when I feel closest to him and seek him out more. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, When you humble yourselves before God, he will lift you up in his perfect timing. And we know that it's important, right? But what are some ways that we can actually humble ourselves to God? Because it's not always an easy thing to do. The first point that I have here is about being thankful. So when we're thankful to God, we stop pride growing in ourselves. We acknowledge all of the incredible things he does for us all throughout the day and never let our chest get too puffed up. So I found for me, this can look like thanking God for the big things like a new job or something that's happened with friends or family, but even the small things like getting a park, just waking up to a beautiful sunrise or anything like that, just the little things in the day to start getting in the habit of being thankful for all of the things that God has done for us and will continue to do. Second way is to confess our sins regularly. And when we confess our sins, we are reminded of our sin nature and our need for a savior. And this is incredibly humbling. So be ready and prepared to confess your sins and ask for forgiveness as regularly as you need to. The third way is to pray for humility. And if being humble is something that you really struggle with, I'd encourage you to take it to God and ask him for help in being humble because he's so faithful and he wants us to ask him for what we need. And he's so faithful in coming through with that. And you can speak about it with the people around you too and just ask for help. Just make sure you come at it um, just being genuinely open to hearing what people have to say and, you know, go away, pray about it. But yeah, definitely seek God and, and just ask him for help with being humble as well. 
The fourth way is being willing to take on corrections from those around you. So if you're surrounded by good godly people, they will call you out on any pride that they see in your lives. It's not easy to take on this feedback sometime, but it is important for us to listen to the people around us and take it seriously. And know that if anyone does bring this up with you, it's because they love you and they respect you and they want to see you grow. So it takes being humble to take on corrections. The fifth way that I have here, and there are many, many more, but it is to get in the habit of putting others before yourself. One great quote that I've seen is humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So think about what you can do for other people and pursue serving others just as Christ did for us. A good reminder for this is Matthew 23 verses 10 to 12, which says, nor are you called to be instructors for you have one instructor, the Messiah, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's really important for us to humble ourselves or we will be humbled by God. Better to be on the front foot and seek it out. And I promise you that this will be a big catalyst in growing your relationship with God deeper. But it's also something that when you're walking in humility, you just you feel so much closer to God and to Christ. And it's a really beautiful place to come out of in all of the other areas of your life. So being humble and seeking that out is really important. The third one that we have here is surrounding yourself with people who will encourage and sharpen you. One of my favorite Bible verses is found in Proverbs 27, 17, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When we are surrounded by other Christians, whether it's friends or mentors or family or just people at church, we allow ourselves to be sharpened. We encourage each other, yes, but we also sharpen each other in terms of our spiritual walk. So we can push each other to pray, to read the Bible, to serve and pursue God in all that we do. And the concept of iron sharpening iron implies that there are multiple pieces of iron. One piece of iron can't become sharper without another tool sharpening it. And we see this, you know, very similar to knives in the kitchen. If left unsharpened and used for months or for years, it essentially becomes dull and useless. But we can sharpen our knives and make sure they're ready for the task ahead. And as Christians, God expects us to live and serve in a community of other believers, and he desires for us to build loving and fruitful relationships. When we can encourage and challenge each other, we grow spiritually, and with growth comes a more intimate and deeper relationship with God. And you may ask how we sharpen others or allow ourselves to be sharpened, and that is a good question. So some ways we can do this include having regular and honest conversations, So this really opens up a space for people to speak into our lives and us to speak into other people's lives. We can also praise people in public. So encourage, encourage and encourage more. Building others up and praising them is one of the best things that you can do. And if you need to correct them, correct them in private. Don't call other people out in hopes of sharpening them in front of other people. Matthew 8, 15 to 8, if you do want to look that up, gives a really good outline for the process of correcting another. Another way here is to speak vision and possibility. So speak God's best into people. Give them hope for the future and encourage them with how God can use them. And prophecy is a fantastic way to hear from God and speak into other people's lives. So lots of ways there that we can sharpen ourselves and sharpen other people as well. But definitely look into that more, see what the Bible says about it and do your own research too. But Overall, I'd just say that surrounding yourself with people who will encourage and sharpen you and speak God's best into your life 
puts you in a place where you are able to grow closer to God and really take your relationship with him to the next level. He loves you so much and he brings us people around us to push us closer to him. The fourth way we have here is confess your sins. No doubt this is a bit of an uncomfortable one, but we do have to confess our sins and repent in order to deepen our relationship with God. If you have unrepentant sin in your life, God will not listen to your prayers. Isaiah 59 two says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. We must turn from our sin in order to get closer to God. There are probably lots of questions around confessing sin and how we do it, when we do it and why we do it. And I think many of us have an idea of sin that probably comes from movies or a strange Christian or Catholic aunt, anything like that. But before I truly understood Christianity, when I thought of sin, I thought about it in one of two ways. The first way was the traditional Catholic version in movies where you go in and you confess your sins in a booth to a priest and he'll give you an amount of Hail Marys depending on how bad your sin was. And then the second way I would think about it is that anytime we sinned and we spoke to God about it, we would be so heavily condemned and it would just be a condemnation of what a terrible person we are and the guilt for doing that sin would just be completely overwhelming. So both of these ways are incorrect. While many think Catholicism and Christianity are similar, they're actually not at all. The Catholics put Mary on the same level of Jesus and it's all works-based and this couldn't be any more opposed to what the Bible says, where we are saved by grace through faith alone. I'd consider doing an episode unpacking some of the differences between different religions, but I'm probably not the best person to teach on this. If you are interested and it is really helpful to understand more, there are so many good resources around and Mike Winger is an excellent teacher and you can find lots of good stuff on his YouTube where he unpacks this sort of thing. But in this version of Confessing Sin, you have a priest in the middle between you and God and it's not a personal confession of sin to God, it's just through the middleman who will then give you some good works to do in order for you to be forgiven. And in this way, we're just stuck in our sin. We have no forgiveness through Jesus, through repenting of sin and turning from our old ways. When we can do something to be forgiven, to have that work that requires forgiveness, we have no need for a savior. And the beauty of the gospel is that our human nature is sinful. We have fallen short and we can never escape it through any good work we do. So we are in desperate need of a savior. We need Jesus and we need his sacrifice on the cross to be made right with God. In the second way I spoke about feeling like when you go to God with sin, you will be so heavily condemned is not a good way to have to think about it either. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. John 3.17 also says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And these verses are so powerful because there is no condemnation for us in Jesus. He came to save us and set us free from the grip of sin and death. Instead of feeling condemned for our sin, we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. And we need that change of heart posture to turn from our sin, but then we can ask God and the Holy Spirit for help. When we confess our sin, we acknowledge our need for a saviour and we're in a position to be able to get God's help to stop our old ways. Confession of sin really helps us grow in our understanding of the depth of our sin and the impact that it has on us and then the breadth of Jesus' atonement. 
we grow in our appreciation of the incredible gift of Jesus from God and his unbelievable glory and magnificence. We rely on God's grace and we're reconciled to him with absolute certainty. And this is a beautiful place to be in and really deepens our relationship with God when we come to him in that position and with that understanding. The last way that I have to deepen your relationship with God and my personal favorite is to pursue holiness. Now, this one is huge and I'd love to do a whole episode on it to unpack it in more detail. And I may actually do that in our next one, but pursuing holiness in our lives is one of the best ways to deepen and grow our relationship with God. There are many ways that we can do this and some of which we've covered previously, but we need to pray, follow God's word from scripture and seek the Holy Spirit to guide us and confront us with our sins. When we know that we've fallen short, we need to turn from our sin and ask for forgiveness. And 1 John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this one ties in nicely with our last point, because when we're in a place where we're acknowledging and repenting from our sin, we are pursuing being free from sin and desiring to be holy and made right with God. Our God is holy, he is perfect and without sin, and he created us in his image to share this holiness and perfection. But of course, when sin came into the world and we were separated from our holy God, that is why we needed the sacrifice of Jesus to give us what we could never do ourselves. To pursue holiness is to become more like Jesus. And when we live in holiness, we bring glory to God in the present world we live in, and it prepares us to live with him in the world to come. The Bible is very clear about how and why we should be pursuing holiness. So I just want to go through a few verses here to help us really unpack that. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. As Christians, we need to be constantly presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. This means we need to put down our sinful, fleshly desires and pursue a life of holiness in being set apart from the world we live in. Hebrews 12.14 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And this is a great verse too because it shows us that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We are told to strive for peace with everyone, which ties into God's commandment for us to love our neighbors as ourselves. 1 Peter 1, 14 to 16 also says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Peter makes it very clear here that we need to be holy just as God is. Thankfully for us, we have the Holy Spirit to help us pursue holiness and for conviction of sin. So he is so faithful that he has given us someone to help us in that sanctification and and pursuit of holiness journey. I read a really great article a few days ago by the Gospel Coalition that was talking about why we must pursue holiness and how in Peter 2, in there we see, I think it was about 20 motivations for holiness that he goes through. And I won't go through all of them, so feel free to search it up yourself if you do want the specific verses and points. But a few of the motivations for holiness include so that we might become partakers of the divine nature because God has set us free from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire so that we will not be blind and forgetting what we were cleansed from, because our works will be exposed on the last day, so that we are ready for when the Lord returns, and that so Christ may be glorified now and to the day of eternity. And this is such an important point, and pursuing holiness is hands down one of the best ways for you to deepen your relationship with God. 
But I hope this has been helpful for you too in terms of some of the different ways that we can deepen our relationship with God. And there are many more as well. So do some more research and get into the word and seek out answers, any of these for yourself. To recap, we went through five more ways to deepen your relationship with God. And these were, first of all, removing distractions. Second of all, seeking humility. The third point was surrounding yourself with people who will encourage and sharpen you. Number four was confess your sins. And number five was pursuing holiness. And make sure you take anything that I've said today, test it, do more research, get into the word and seek out answers for each of these for yourself as well. And it's so important to check anything that anyone tells you. So don't just take my word for it. Um, But yeah, do your own research, see what else there is, because there are so many ways that we can grow closer to God. And I really do believe that as we come to God in a position of wanting to seek him and wanting to grow our relationship with him, he is so faithful and he will always come through. And he just desires to have such close and deep and personal relationship with us. So it's really a blessing for us to be able to seek him. Let me quickly pray for us as we wrap up too. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the incredible sacrifice that you made for us so that we could be made right with you. We are in awe and so thankful of who you are and everything you do for us. I pray for everyone listening today and I thank you for them being here. Thank you that they desire to deepen their relationship with you, God. And I pray that you would meet them where they're at and just help them seek you out in everything that they do. Soften our hearts and help us to hear your gentle, still voice as you desire to grow your relationship with us too. Protect us and keep us safe, Lord, as we continue in our work, our school, our university lives, especially as we prepare to enter into the new year. We love you, God. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our seventh Hallelujah podcast episode, Five More Ways to Deepen Your Relationship with God. My hope and prayer is that I will always be able to point you to Jesus and that you will leave feeling encouraged, equipped, inspired, and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. Don't forget to follow and leave us a five-star review if you do like our content. So if you haven't done that yet after this episode, great time, stop, follow along, give us a review so that it helps us getting the good news out and reaching more people. I'll leave all the links to my website and other resources in the description and make sure you go over to Instagram at Hallelujah Podcast to keep up to date with our post new episodes and other news. Thanks for tuning into the Hallelujah Podcast and I'll see you next time. Bye.